Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we continue our series, Home for Christmas. So I'm gonna let you get ahead a little bit. Go ahead and take your Bibles, turn to the book of John. John chapter 14 is where we're gonna pick up the story of this baby and who he grew in to be. Uh, if you've got notes on the way in, probably the easiest way to follow, on, follow along is in the, the, uh, the app. You can go to North Star Church, Georgia in the App Store, and that is just gives you everything's right there, but I'll let you get ahead a little bit. We're really glad you're here. It's a crazy few weeks here at North Star with all the stuff going on. We've got a great um, candlelight memorial tonight, and then Christmas Eve coming up, the 23rd and 24th on your way out today. I hope you'll stop by one of the little stations and grab an invite card, invite a friend or friends to come with you. Uh, it's a great way, and people are open this time of year to coming. How many of y'all already know what service you're coming to? Raise your hand if you already know what service you're coming to. And so, that didn't make me feel better. All right, but hey, y'all are scaring me a little bit. But anyway, so, we're gonna pretend everybody raise their hand. So, they had great service, two on the 23rd, four on the 24th. They're all identical. It's awesome. Check it out, christmasatnorthstar.org. And then today, when the service is over, here in Compass in the lobby, there is a um, photo spot. You can get your photo taken and with a, I'll see you at North Star on Christmas Eve and you can put it out on social. It's a really, really shameless plug. Here we go. All right, let's pick up the story here. John chapter 14. Let me tell you what's happening in the story. This baby that came in that manger that we celebrate and sing about didn't stay a baby and that's not why he came. He didn't come to stay a baby. He came to grow and he, the, the Bible says his mission was to seek and to save those that were lost. Well, we find him in this story on mission. He is gathering with the disciples. It's about the Passover. Um, right before we pick up the story in John 14, let me tell you what's happened. Jesus has knelt down, washed their feet, which only servants would do, and the lowliest of servants. But Jesus did it, which caught them a little off guard, and then they got in the room, and Jesus says, and one among us will betray me. And we know that that betrayer was Judas. Nobody knew, now the interesting part about it was, nobody in the room knew who the one was. They were all guessing, like, I wonder who it could be. Nobody thought it, well, surely it's Judas. We all think, well, everybody knew it was Judas. They didn't know. Judas gets up and he leaves, and then Jesus takes the Passover meal, which you guys in our chapel just uh, commemorated together, doing the Lord's Supper together, and he broke the bread, right? And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this and remember it to me. And then he said, that he took the wine and said, this is my blood that's been spilled out. I mean, and these guys are flipping, man. It's just not, this is not in the cards. They didn't know all that was gonna happen. In their brain... Jesus is gonna be here forever. Jesus is gonna live here forever. We're gonna reign with him forever. It's not how it happened. And then we pick up John chapter 14. Would you stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? John chapter 14, verse number one. Uh, if you got your Bibles out, awesome. If you've got it, if you're reading it off the screen or you got your app out, ever how you're following along. If at any point I'm saying something you're not reading, I'm yakking, all right? Just look up and we'll talk about it because I want, I want you guys to get it. Jesus, 
after all that crazy chain of events in that upper room, he says this to his disciples, do not let your hearts be what? Their hearts were troubled. They've gotten news they didn't expect to get. They've heard something they didn't expect to hear. Their hearts were troubled, meaning that it's like um, their hearts were like waves of the ocean. They were to and fro. And he could sense it. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust all, trust in God, and trust also in me. Guys, I got you, that's what he's telling them. There is more than enough room in my father's home. So all of a sudden, he's not talking about dwelling here, he's talking about dwelling there. Now, some translations say home, other translations of the Bible say mansions. I like the mansions. Can we get amen on that? All right, so I'm gonna go with the mansions thing. So here we go. If this were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. Time out. Jesus said, I am no longer gonna be here. I'm going to my Father's house in heaven which has many mansions, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going, I am leaving to prepare a place for you. I'm going to get your room ready. I'm going to get your house ready. I'm going to get your dwelling place after this life ready. I'm going to prepare a place for you. How many of you are parents? Raise your hand. Your parents, how many of you prepared a baby room that you brought your baby home from the hospital to put in that room? Raise your hand, all right? If you didn't raise your hand, I don't know what to tell you, all right? And so, shame on you, how about that? And so, but every parent does it, why? They're going to prepare that place for the one that they love. Jesus said, I am going to get a room ready, to get a house ready for you. And then listen to what he said, and when everything is ready, I'll come get you. Now, this is a powerful statement. See, back during this time, you didn't issue an invitation to your house and expect people to find their way. What you would do is if I invited you over to my home, I would come physically to get you, to take you and bring you to my house. There was no GPS on the camels. There was no Uber camels, all right? And so you, had to, you didn't know the way. So Jesus said, if I invite you, I'm gonna come and get you when everything's ready so that you may also be with me where I am and you know where I'm going. And that's where old Thomas, good old Thomas, he speaks up and he said, no, we don't know, Lord. We don't know. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? We know Thomas as what, Thomas? Doubting Thomas. All Thomas is doing is speaking on behalf of all the other guys in the room. Thomas just happened to speak up. They all were thinking, what's he talking about? Where's he going? I don't understand. And then Jesus says this word, these words in John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus told him, I am the what? You ever have to wonder, guys? It's me. And I am the what? There's nothing else to believe. Then he says this, and I am the no one can come to the Father except through me. And that day, Jesus lays out a pathway 
for us to find our way home. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Would you pray with me? God, step in our rooms, compass, the chapel, the theater, those watching online and speak to our hearts today because we need to hear from you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. So before you turn around, before you sit, I want you to turn around and find two people and say, I hope Shoei Otani got my name for Christmas. All right, and do that real quick, do that real quick. $700 million. <laughs> I think he'd be a great church member. I really do. I think he'd be a great, great church member. We wouldn't ask for giving you more. We would just go to his house, all right? It's gonna be an amazing thing. But anyways, all right, so let's talk about this real quick. Why did Jesus have this conversation? He had this conversation because before him and after him, people have been trying to figure out how to get to God. And Jesus knows, I'm gonna make it as clear as I can, and yet we still struggle. In fact, I would tell you in society, if you, we did man on the street interviews and I was just walking around, we would hear a million different ideas of how to get to God. So there's a couple that stand out that I think we've gotta address because maybe you hold them. Maybe these are thoughts that you have. Number one, ready? Pen, pencil, something to write with. Thumb it in your phone. Everybody goes to a better place when they die. Everybody goes to a better place. So if I pass from this world to the next world, everybody goes to a better place. Well, <clears throat> Scripture says this. Scripture says there's two places. And I want you to write these down. We're gonna unpack it. There's a place called heaven, which is at home with God. All right, heaven. And then there's a place that's separated from God that is known in Scripture as Hades or hell. Heaven full of light. Hell full of darkness. Jesus, in fact, tells the story of a rich man in Luke named Lazarus that goes to Abraham's bosom, which represented heaven, but he looks down at the suffering of those that weren't there, and the, the Bible says that there was a great chasm in between. You see Jesus talking about both places, heaven and hell, separated from God. I don't, I don't believe, and I don't think any scholar believes that there's just a better place. Yes, there is a better place, but it's not for everybody, right? So for many of you that grew up Catholic, you've heard of purgatory. So you're like, well, there's three. <clears throat> purgatory being the place that I can go to and then I can figure it out there, right? So if I didn't get the right answer right here, I get a redo in purgatory and I can get that answer right there. I, I don't believe scripture teaches that. We, we have a place we call purgatory. Anna and I, and that's where our clothes go. After they've left the dryer, they go in purgatory before they make it to the drawers. How many of y'all have a purgatory in your house? All right. And so, so there's a place for a better place. I don't think 
everybody goes to a better place. Number two, we're gonna, God's grades on a curve. He grades on a curve. It, <clears throat> as long as I'm close, it'll get me. So I remember being in college, this was big. The, the curve was a big thing in college. And so, in fact, so I played sports. I know you look at me now and go, seriously? All right, and so I did, I did way back in the day and uh, they would put us in classes specific that they thought we could do well in as an athlete. They thought that you'll do well in this class. So it's like, that we need a class that colors with crayons. That's where Mike needs to go, all right? And so they put us in class. And then you'd always look at who's the smartest person in the room, who's the dumbest person in the room, and you just hope you could grade on the curve. I don't wanna be the worst. I hope nobody's too good because I just wanna get pulled up at the end. So God grades on a curve, and his curve is good enough is good enough. That's the curve. Problem with it is that's not right. Because how good is good enough? Well, it depends. Who am I measuring it against? Is my good enough like the most moral person who ever lived? Is my good enough the worst person who ever lived? 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. Their good enough would look different than my good enough. How many of y'all, there are things that come on your television now you couldn't have even gone and seen in the movie theater when you were growing up, right? Because the good enough scale has gotten waxed out a little bit, right? It's, it's, a, little, it's a little blurred. How good enough is good enough. In fact, I think and I want you to write these two words down. I think it's, it's a pass or fail. I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a curve. Jesus told Thomas, he said, Thomas, there is no other way to get to the Father except through me. You know me, pass. You don't know me, fail. Romans, Paul writes it out to the church at Rome and he said, for the wages of sin is death, okay. And then he says in Romans 3, 23, we've all sinned. We're like, well, that's not good news. And then in Romans 6, he said, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we became conscious of sin. God grades on the curve, we're just... If I just pass here, I'm just going to a better place. But number three, and this, this is a catch for a lot of people, as long as we are sincere, any spiritual path works. As long as I'm sincere, there's a lot of ways to get to God. In fact, I call it the Oprah because one time on her show years ago, she said, all paths lead to heaven. Now, she may have changed that. That's just what she said the one day I was watching years and years ago, and she had the best talk show on television back then. So every religion, we all believe the same. So I wanted to do some good, theological, deep research on this topic. So I put it in chat GPT. All right, and so this is what it, this is what it said. You go where you go, all right? 
Here's all the different ways to get to God by religion. And I'm gonna tell you something. They ain't even close to the same thing. Moral, good, upright, followed. Then there's one that says if you were good, if it didn't work out good, you get to come back as something or someone else, right? The reincarnation. There's only one of these, it's really interesting. There's only one of these. All of these are about what you can do. There's only one of these that was about what somebody did for you is how you get to God. And his name was what? Years ago, I hosted a Leadership Cobb event here. I'd gone through Leadership Cobb in 03. And I'm afraid, 05, 06, I hosted the Faith and Diversity Day here. And literally, this is the truth. On this stage, there's 40 people in the crowd. On this stage, we had evangelical pastors, which would be somebody like me. We had a Catholic priest. We had a Jewish rabbi. We had a Hindu. We had a Muslim. And we had a universalist. It sounds like, they all went to a bar. All right, that's what it sounds like. So, but it's true. We had them on stage. And I asked them all the very same question. And I'm gonna tell you something. It was shocking how different their answers were. How does God care about pain and suffering? Only one of those God cared enough to get involved in. And that was the evangelical. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. The theory, as long as we're sincere, every spiritual path works, breaks down because everybody's got a different path. Proverbs says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. Can I tell you, I believe that you can be sincere and can be sincerely wrong. Number four, a God of love wouldn't keep anyone out of heaven. Yes or no question. Is God a God of love? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Very good answer here on the front row. Say yes. God is a God of love. But here's the other catch. He's also holy. Had this conversation, just had this conversation with a gentleman the other day. And he was, we were struggling through this point. And I said, do you believe that there was a man named Jesus who came and died? And he said, yes, I, I believe that. Why he came and died and what all happened after, I don't know yet, but I do believe that. Well, if that's true and God sent his son to die for our what? Sins. Then if all of us are gonna get there anyways, why did he do that? See, at the end of the day, we all want justice. But the struggle is how to balance that with God's love. And that's where choice comes in. So most of us have at some point gotten this in the mail. It's an invitation, right? to a wedding, to a party, to a shower. 
And inside that invitation is a card that looks pretty similar to this. This was in my truck and it had been opened and it was just in a little holder in my truck and so I pulled it out and looked at it and it invites you and I'm like, what, I don't know what this is for and it's to a shower. I'm like, Phew. I'm not responsible, I have to go. And then I looked and went, it's at my house. All right, and so I guess I, I don't know, and do I have to go to this? Anne's like, oh, I forgot to tell you about that. And so, but, but for every invitation, you have two options. Option A is you say yes. Option B, you say what? You say what? There's never a get back with you later, it's a yes or no, but it's a choice. And what God was telling these disciples through Jesus and what he's telling us is, I'm giving you a choice, but I'm telling you the way. And it's not a hard way. It's a simple way. But every person who walks across the earth has to make the choice of who Jesus is to them. Why do we go missions? Why do we travel across the world with Mike Lindemann and our teams? Why? Because we want everybody to have the choice to say yes. And for them to take that invitation and go, yes, I see what Jesus did for me. But normally we go, well, I'll, do maybe, and it's, it's, like a, it's like a RSVP in your car, we forget to do it. And scripture's pretty clear that Psalm 90, 12, teach us to number our days, for they are few. Acts 4 says it this way, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected is now become the cornerstone. There is salvation and no one else God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Here's the truth. The only way home to our heavenly father is to trust in Jesus. That's the only way. And I wanna tell you guys this. I've been here almost 27 years now. I tell you this today because I love you too much not to tell you. Right after uh, the holidays, we're gonna take a couple days. It's been tradition here. It's tradition, this is our second year. But anyway, so it's, we're creating a tradition. I'm getting ahead of myself. But anyway, so creating a little tradition. So Casey's married now. Mary Michael's married now. We're like, before grandkids come and all that kind of stuff, we wanna take our kids and get away for a couple days. We never get to spend time together. And so we wanna get away for a couple days. So we rented a house. And so a couple months ago, I got online and found a place. And Ann and I were like, all right, we're going. So we'll either get a one-bedroom, a two-bedroom, three-bedroom. There are no, you do not have to come. We've got it all covered. And it's like, yeah, I think we're available, all right? And so, I, so we booked a, a three-bedroom house right after Christmas for a couple days. Got online the other day. I sent it to a friend, and they said, oh, these are great places you gotta eat. And when I, I love open table. Do y'all love open table? So we're like, we're gonna, we're gonna eat a couple days. Why'd I go on open table? I'll go on open table because I don't wanna stand in line, and I don't wanna wait. Why? Because I don't wanna wonder if they got a seat for me. So I make a reservation. We're not packing up, 
heading down. Where are we staying? I don't know. I haven't gotten around to that yet. Nobody does that anymore. This spring, I gotta fly to an event to speak, and I'm not gonna show up at Delta the morning of the trip and go, hey, I was just flying out. You got a seat for me on the trip? You know, I'm trying to get out there to speak, and I gotta be out there by X amount of time tomorrow morning and do three services at a church. I, no. Why? Book it. Why? So I can know. But spiritually, we don't do that. Spiritually, here's the, here's the phrase I've heard more than any other phrase in the almost 30 plus years I've been doing this. I hope so. I hope so. How do you feel about what's that? Man, I, I hope I've done enough. I hope I've been good enough. I hope God's grading on the curve. I hope I knew the right way. Everybody look at me. Jesus said, I don't want to make this hard. I want to make it simple. I'm the way. You have to wonder. I am the truth. You never have to guess. And I'm the life. And I am what you are looking for here and in the life to come. Would you pray with me? Boy, in the quietness of this moment, or some of us, man, we're sitting there and we're like, Mike, I have felt all these things. Mike, I've been in the hope so category. And I don't want to anymore. You feel like your heart's gonna come out of your chest. I'm not gonna guess for a week of where I'm gonna stay. I sure as heck am not gonna guess for where I'm gonna spend eternity. In this way, has way less to do with me and it's got everything to do with Jesus, that baby that was born in that manger who grew up to die for your sin and die for my sin. And I've got the invitation in the box of what am I gonna do with this man named Jesus? And my answer is yes. Well, if that's you here today and you go, Mike, I've been in the hope so category, but I don't want to live there anymore. Can I lead you in a prayer and it really is just the cry of your heart? It's not the words to meet him. It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus, I do believe you live for me. I do believe you died for me and I do believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. I don't want to guess anymore. I want to know that I know that I know. Welcome home. Some of you today made the great exchange. You've exchanged death for life through Jesus. Nobody looking, nobody gonna bother you in any of our venues this morning. But if today you said, Mike, I said 
yes to Jesus today for the very first time. I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to slip your hand up because I wanna celebrate with you. One, two, three. If you said yes today, would you raise your hand? Mm. Amen. Welcome home. God, thanks for changing lives 2,000 years ago. Thanks for changing lives in December of 2023. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you guys join me today and give a round of applause to all those that found their way home today?